Welcome to The District, a podcast by the spectator world about politics and culture. My name is Matt Purple, and I'm joined by my colleague, Amber Athey. And we're also joined today by Curtis Hauk. Curtis is the managing editor at Newsbusters, and he's going to discuss the big media story that's been in the news this week. And that is the canning of Jeff Zucker over at CNN. Uh, Jeff Zucker was fired earlier this week. It was a, a major story that surprised everybody. Nobody saw it coming. And we're learning now that what ultimately triggered it was that he had a relationship with a staffer over there. Uh, and it wasn't the relationship itself that got him thrown out. People were wondering why CNN was being so puritanical. Uh, it was the fact that he didn't report it to his higher ups. So as a result, uh, the man who has run CNN for years now uh, and who's really changed the identity of the news network is gone and it does feel a little bit like getting Al Capone on tax fraud because he wasn't fired for the direction in which he's taken CNN. Uh, he wasn't fired for turning it into this kind of shout fest in the age of Trump. He wasn't fired for any of that. It, it, it seemed like something relatively minor in comparison. Curtis, I'm curious, what do you make of this uh, firing of Jeff Zucker? Well, it's simply stunning to see how quickly this came down and the timeline and a lot of other things subsequently don't really add up. But I, I just have to say that it's a site that I don't think I would ever see. There were questions uh, whether he would stay on after the merger with Discovery, but it seemed like he had positioned himself to try and stay based on his unwavering and almost cult-like support among those at CNN. And uh, so for him to have been canned is really something that, again, yeah, I really see any of us coming. People inside CNN didn't see coming. And so when it did, we were kind of left scrambling, trying to figure out what does this mean? Um, and very quickly, we realized that obviously, not surprisingly, that there was a lot more to this than Zucker let on in his statement. But of course, CNN has been playing and sticking to his statement as if it's a statement of fact. Yeah. So, I mean, we recently heard from, I believe it was the new owner of CNN, that they wanted to return to CNN's roots as a news business and get away from some of the opinion programming. And some people have been pointing to that as potentially a reason that Zucker was pushed out as opposed to this cover-up story about his relationship with the staffer. Do you think that that is a more likely explanation? And do you expect to see a real change in CNN's programming moving forward now that he's no longer at the helm? Well, to your first point, Amber, about why he was pushed out ahead of Discovery, that that remains to be seen, though. You know, a lot of reporting in the New York Post and the Rolling Stone has shown that in, in the Chris Cuomo investigation, uh, that they hired a white shoe uh, a law firm to look into. It appears that he and the woman that he's been having a relationship, Alvin Gloss, the fellow executive at CNN, in their chief marketing officer, had been also advising Andrew Cuomo as part of his scandal uh, in, involving New York nursing homes and COVID, and everybody's pretty well aware of that, and Chris Cuomo as well. So I think... It's both, that there's something below the surface. And as far as CNN, what's going to happen with CNN? Um, as of now, I don't see them changing currently because of the reaction to Zucker's ouster. I, again, I go back to this cult-like view and the way he's being talked about. You know, the leaks have come out from this meeting with the D.C. Bureau. And 
it's truly incredible. You know, you have Gloria Borger saying that Zucker wasn't given dignity or Jamie Gangel saying she's heard from members of Congress and specifically those in the January 6th committee that are concerned that the ouster of Zucker is somehow a threat to democracy. <laughs> uh, and, and so I have myself asking this question, which is, can CNN be saved in terms of being an actual news organization? And with that sort of mentality, my answer is not surprisingly no, because you add in their poor ratings, uh, as I've reported, they've been losing to shows such as Moonshiners and My 600 Pound Life and far more uh, wholesome shows like Paw Patrol uh, and Property Brothers. It's it's not a pretty picture right now for CNN, but I think Stam the Torpedoes, uh, they're moving ahead. Yeah, I was kind of surprised actually by just how vociferously um, some of those staffers were defending Jeff Zucker. I mean, even Dana Bash, who I would say is one of the less activisty reporters at the network was really going to bat for him in that uh, meeting, which as you mentioned, was leaked to reporters. The audio uh, was leaked at least. And I guess I just have been surprised by just how much they loved him. And I wonder why exactly that is. I mean, even Allison Camerata on air was really waxing poetic about what a great boss he was. And this was the same woman who, when she left Fox news, really burned everything to the ground because of the Roger Ailes sexual harassment and said recently um, in 2020, that there's a culture of rot at Fox news yet. Here she is defending this inappropriate relationship. So I, I'm really confused as to where all of this loyalty comes from. Right. I, I have to, yeah, Amber, she was there for 15 years. She was there. I believe she was, I looked this up the other night. She was hired in 1998 and she was with the network through, I think 2013 or 2014. That's a long time. And to talk about it being, you know, going to work every day and she, more or less, she's been claiming that, going to Fox every day meant having a gun pointed to her head and she was forced to say all of these sorts of things um, is pretty ludicrous. You know, talking about Zucker as an incredible and remarkable person, uh, an incredible leader, an uncanny ability to make every one of us feel special. And it feels wrong, in her opinion, that two consenting adults having a, quote, private relationship would be cause for concern in any news organization. I, I mean, she, in terms of ethics, she is not the person to talk. And it's also quite creepy, her connection to Chris Cuomo. And they like held hands on our, I, I don't know if it, I think it was you or somebody else tweeted. That, it was me. Yeah, that was you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was, they, they held hands on her like bare legs when she like left, when he left New Day to get the primetime show with his wife and kids sitting next to them. There's some weird stuff going on. My colleague, Nick Fondacaro, has, has said that yeah, they're, they should be known as the most pervy name in news because of all of the things that have been going on. You look at the, the former Chris Cuomo producer at New Day who was working with John Avalon. You have Jake Tapper's producer, according to Project Veritas. You had previously a Jake Tapper producer on his Sunday show. These things just add up here. You have Don Lemon, Chris Cuomo, all of these people. So once again, we have an example of where everything that they are saying and accusing conservative media of being guilty of is exactly what they are doing. 
Hey, Curtis, I've read that Zucker was very popular behind the scenes because he would show up at morning meetings and he was very encouraging of the talent. So it may be that this has more to do with the personal side of things than the political. But I want to talk about the political side of things for a second, because it seems to me like the biggest change that Zucker ushered in uh, was that he took a network that was struggling to find a way to represent Trump supporters, right? They were bringing on Kelly McEnany. They were bringing on Jeff Lord. They were trying to round out those horseshoe panels with at least some conservative commentators. Uh, he came in and, and ultimately just said the hell with that. You know, we're going to try to be a kind of Warner MSNBC, a more tedious MSNBC. Uh, we're going to put our, our eggs firmly in the left wing basket. And, and that's now what they've done. And the narratives became completely predictable. And it's the same, you know, four things over there day after day. And that worked to an extent while Donald Trump was this great telegenic adversary for them. But now that Trump is mostly gone, uh, I think their, their ratings fell 90 percent from New Year's Eve into the new year. It, it's really astonishing to watch. I mean, I did Jeff Zucker ruin CNN and did he do it with this sudden lurch to the left? Oh, I absolutely think so. There's there. It's no accident that if you asked some of us who watch this stuff for a living, because we don't expect people to do this in their free time. If if we had to watch CNN or MSNBC, I think a lot of people would say MSNBC if you had to watch because it's very clear they know where they're going. You know, you think of the more infamous slogan of for each network. It, MSNBC went through that stint when they were lean forward. Everybody understood what they were doing. There were some insane things like Melissa Harris Perry saying, your children don't belong to you. They belong to the state during that campaign. But and you had Ed Schultz, Ed Schultz. I mean, need to say more. But at the same time. With CNN, they have facts first. Now, if you didn't know anything about CNN, you would think, okay, facts first, maybe it's a little like ridiculous, a little gratuitous, but okay, all right, sure, all right. If you did, if you were in a coma or something and you woke up and heard that that was their slogan, but just the, the level of pompousness of CNN and their inability to look themselves in the mirror and see any sort of thing that they need to change or critique about themselves. Um, because they look at themselves in the mirror and they think they're hot stuff. And there's that infamous photo of Jim Acosta staring at himself in the mirror and he tweeted a picture of it. And that's exactly, that is the perfect embodiment of CNN. And with Zucker on those editorial calls, I, I just have to say that has repeatedly come up. You know, uh, Brian Stelter, of course, tried to talk about, oh, Zucker would always tell us it's about the name on the front, not the name on the back. And we continue to do the news. And uh, I believe it was Caitlin Collins talking in the Puck News audio that Dylan Byers, also with this, formerly with the CNN media team, had obtained, talking about how Zucker really was such a presence and, like, they somehow needed him, like, he, they needed to, these people needed to be told what to do. And they looked forward to Zucker giving them their marching orders. And you clearly saw that, as you point out, Matt, with how they would only cover three, maybe four stories a day. And each hour of news you'll look at, they'll spend 20, 30 minutes on one, and then they'll just jam three others in the other block. And usually nowadays, it's about January 6th. They've tried different boogeymen, Greg Abbott. Ron DeSantis. They continue to talk about Fox News. And it hasn't worked. Nothing has stuck. And even resistance libs have moved on with life. 
Yeah, I take your point well. And it it seems to me like the difference between CNN and MSNBC is that MSNBC is willing to have on some of these bomb throwers who just kind of, well, they might even admit that they're not the majority opinion and they have a maybe a slight a slight sense of humor about it, perhaps. Whereas on the CNN project is to indelibly associate the truth and the mainstream with the left, right? They're not trying to be from the left. They're trying to say that the truth is on the left and they're just carrying the truth. And it makes for, I think, a much more sanctimonious and, and insufferable project. And, uh, but, but I, you know, let's bring Fox News back into the discussion here because Fox News is still the number one, uh, the most watched channel on cable. Tucker Carlson pulls in millions of viewers a night. Is it, are conservatives just more engaged when they watch the news than, than progressives are? It seems like progressives were lured in by Trump, but then they all tuned out. Whereas with conservatives, it's a lot more ins- uh, consistent. I, I, that's certainly a possibility, but I think the bigger point is liberals and progressives have far more outlets than, you know, channels to, to, to go to. They have CNN, they have MSNBC, you know, they might be watching Young Turks, and they might be looking at other alternative forms of media. They might be watching Now This videos. There's any number of options that are much larger uh, than that, or, you know, they're the kind of, or they watch PBS, you know, um, everybody knows that person, the liberal in their lives, maybe a neighbor where they don't have cable, but they watch PBS and they get the New York times in the morning and that's their news or they'll get the New Yorker and that's, that's their news diet. They don't really expand upon that. Uh, but for conservatives, I would say loyalty is definitely uh, a thing in terms of media habits because they know, what they're, you know, I think they just have more respect and, and I think the respect is shared between the hosts as well. Um, and they're in, more interesting, more engaging. That's why Tucker does as well as he does. And as Jesse Waters pointed out on Thursday night on his show that Fox pulls in almost 50% of the new, of the cable news share among Democrats, among Democrats, about 25 percent for msnbc or and then about the third for cnn i may switch the two but but the point is even liberals are turning into fox news even to hate watch or at least to see what they're up to and that's kind of at least what we do at newsbusters where we're watching these things not to also because it's mainly because it's our job but also because we want to know what other people are talking about whereas with cnn folks i people at least inside the building i highly doubt they're doing it in good faith. Uh, They're much more doing it to hate watch. So I think we have to talk about as well, what happens to Brian Stelter and Oliver Darcy moving forward? Because (laughs) they are, of course, known as sort of Jeff Zucker's little lackeys. They were basically hired to do PR for the network and attack Fox News and whatever Jeff Zucker wants them to say. That's what that's what they're there for. So now that he's gone, what is going to happen to them? (laughs) Well, that's, I think that's the biggest question, Amber. And, and I will acknowledge, you know, even after he was gone, they were still shilling for him. In his newsletter on Wednesday, the quote here that I have is, giddy reactions in right-wing media, sucker foes and politics took glee in his exit. The oh. hourly coverage on Fox was a bash fest. Republicans pounce. <laughs> Republicans pounce, Republicans seize, capitalizing, you know, I mean, obsessing. 
and and that was part of the problem that they have. They're like, what are we going to do? No one's going to be able to defend us anymore and stick up for us. I mean, this is Mean Girls. This is very childlike. You wondered for a while what these pe- if these people were just doing it, part mostly because they believe in dear leader Jeff Zucker, but also if they did it out of some sort of fear. Maybe not Brian Seltzer and George, but others. But now it's very clear that all of them, it's very clear that all of them think like they do uh and that it is just a religious like devotion so i you you saw i think what's very damning for stelter is radar did a story about zucker and gallus back in january and sure enough right after that stelter did a few paragraphs about it and you know he ended it by in a very trump-like matter by saying sad at the end talking about people making stories up making sources up because they want to get clicks well now everything is panning out the timeline for brian stelter isn't looking good so i'm really interested to see once the merger goes through what discovery does uh because the la times i believe is predicting that gallus won't be allowed to stay on that they'll get rid of her when they go through Warner media is allowing her to stay for some reason, but I, I, you would think they would go. They have to be the first two firings if they want to be considered a serious news organization, because if not, they discovery will have shown that this is their talk was cheap and it was empty because uh, along with Jeff Zucker, I think after Brian Stelter, who has become rightfully a hate object our reasons are the reasons why CNN I, I've said this week is the most, one of the most poisonous names in news and most hated in America because of just their, how they so much embody the worst of CNN. And one last question for you before we wrap, how much is CNN going to try to blame this on Chris Cuomo? Because there's already been some preliminary headlines and, and suggestions that he was trying to burn the place down on his way out. And I wonder if he's going to be maybe the convenient scapegoat for them to skirt any responsibility for Zucker's exit and kind of just make this all about, you know, a petty grudge. I think that's obviously what they're trying to do. You have Jay Tapper saying at this town hall, quote, we don't negotiate with terrorists and he blew the place up. How do we get past the perception that this is the bad guy winning? Bad guy, question mark, Jake. I mean, they allowed this guy to continue for as long as he did. And they may not have liked Chris Cuomo, but they love Jeff Sucker. But the problem is Jeff Sucker was best buddies with Chris Cuomo. And according to Rolling Stone, New York Post, that they were work, you know, Gullis and Zucker working with Andrew Cuomo, who was also working with Chris Cuomo. So it was the four of them strategizing together about how to both use the governor's COVID briefings and his appearances on CNN to put on a narrative and a push specifically going after Donald Trump. Um and you can't really blame Chris Cuomo. I, I got to say, I mean, he hired Megyn Kelly's lawyers. It sounds like, according to the Daily Mail, he's going to get $9 million. And if you're Chris, there are, Warner Media and CNN said, we're firing you because of a breach of contract and breach of ethics and all that uh, for having lied to us and, you know, worked with your brother, you know, covering, you know, working with the people you're supposed to be covering. But Cuomo's argument has rightfully been, you guys not only knew about what I was doing, but you were active participants in it. So try as they might, Amber. I think 
you know, that's people aren't really going to buy it, but they're definitely going to try and continue to go down that road, just like they have with really any and all narratives on air where they just come across as flailing. Hey, Curtis, real quick before we let you go, a couple days ago found uh, Brian Stelter ruminating on the mystery as to why more Americans trust Joe Rogan than his own network. Would you care to to shed some light on this absolutely confounding question? Oh, I know. It's it's not like you had some things going on, Brian, behind the scenes at your own network about why people don't trust you. Why, you know, there it's not like there's a network that the network that you work at has such an aversion to classically liberal values and assumes the worst about everyone and assumes and views people who run contrary opinions as not only domestic terrorists, but enemies of the people. No, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. And uh, that Joe Rogan, but it, but in all seriousness, yes, Joe Rogan does what CNN doesn't want to do actively do. And the American people have decided, yeah, we're going with Joe Rogan because he actually has unfettered conversations for hours upon hours about a variety of subjects. Uh, he claims, you know, he says, I'm not a doctor. I don't claim to be anybody I'm not. Whereas CNN tries to claim to be everything between their on-air talent and their ruling class experts with doctorates and MDs and law degrees to tell us what to do because they know that we don't trust them. So they, they've now shifted to have experts uh, people in their fields to say what they wouldn't can't say because people aren't going to listen to them. So it's quite quite clear why people are listening to Joe Rogan instead, and they are with a mil- eleven million uh, downloads, you know, views of his eyeballs and ears on his show each episode. Whereas CNN can't even pull a million; they can't even get a quarter million. Some days they barely do in their morning show New Day. So. I think CNN might want to listen to Joe Rogan. And in fact, their old boss, Jeff Sucker, helped create Joe Rogan and make him a thing by having hired him uh, for Fear uh, Factor. I Wait didn't until they that. find That's out true. about that. That's true. That's the ultimate irony. I love that. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please check out more at spectatorworld.com. And if you'd like to listen to us, please check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts are available. 